Welcome to the Confidently Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Ward, and I'm here to help you develop your creative business. Subscription to the podcast is free. Sponsors are welcome. And please don't forget to share the podcast and leave me a review. Also, look out for news about the upcoming Confidently Creative community events on my Instagram, which is at Jason Ward Creative. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Today, I'm going to tell you how to put together the most amazing professional pitches that will help you get more work. We're going to look at my top three tips for a perfect pitch and answer some frequently asked questions. Now, the good news is that we are going to use our creative storytelling talents, but we're also going to learn why we need to open with our big finish. But first, why do we need pitch documents and what is the goal of a pitch? So we need pitch documents to communicate our creative ideas to potential clients, collaborators and customers. And the goal of our pitch should always be get their attention and sell your idea without drowning them in information. And I'm going to explain how to do that in this episode. So let's get started with our pitch. Step one is deceptively simple. What is the pitch about? And please do not panic if you find yourself spending ages on this step. We have to decide, though, is our pitch about a new show or is it about what that show could do for your client? Is it about a picture or a new visual style? This is where we dig down to what Niall Rogers called the deep hidden meaning. Just like in a creative project, we need to work out exactly what our pitch is about. What is our message? And I really strongly recommend trying to get this clear in your mind before you start, even write it down. But also, do not be afraid to recognize that as you develop the pitch, you might discover that your message changes. This is fine, but you must always have one clear idea of what you want your pitch to be about. Step two, you need to think about who your pitch is for. Now, this is something that often trips us up as creatives, but we need to remember that in any company that we pitch to, there'll be different stakeholders. Now, these are people who require different types of information. Now, the fact that your brand new show is the most creative or inspiring event ever presented on stage might only be of passing interest to, say, I don't know, the finance team. who They want to know what's going to be the return on their investment or understand your payment terms. Now, I was lucky enough to work in a global corporation where all these different stakeholders were in the same building. So after my first spectacularly failed pitch, when I discovered that my amazing creative concepts were not enough on their own, I was then able to spend time with as many of these different teams as possible to better understand their needs. And that was really useful time spent. And I would suggest that you dedicate a little bit of time to this work too, thinking about what these people may require. Maybe not wandering randomly around the head office of a corporation though, but think about who these stakeholders are. And remember, each stakeholder will require different information to get them on site. Think about the creative part. Okay, you've got that. But what will the technical people need? The finance team, the logistics, the brand, the marketing. Think about how you speak to them and think about how your pitch will address all of their needs. Now, step three is all about structure. And as I said at the top of the show, it's about starting with your big finale number. Now, many of you will be familiar with Jason Robert Brown's classic show, The Last Five Years. There's a great movie version with Anna Kendrick and Jeremy Jordan that I love. Go and watch it. Anyway, the show opens with a song called I'm Still Hurting. 
In the song, we learn that Kathy has been in a relationship with Jamie and that relationship is now over. She tells us that Jamie's moved on, he's got new dreams, he was unable to be open with her and now not only is she scarred, but she's still hurting. Kathy's part of the show then tells us what led to the relationship's failure. And the reason I mention this is because it relates so well to the structure of your pitch. In the case of the last five years, we get the big news right at the top of the show. If we leave after the first song, and don't do that, but if we leave after the first song, we'll still know that Kathy and Jamie had a relationship that ended. What we won't know is how it started and what went wrong. This structure is actually very similar to what is known as the pyramid principle. Now, I remember when a colleague of mine at Carnival UK explained this to me, and she literally lifted a cloud from my eyes, and that's why I want to share it with you. So quick explanation. The pyramid principle is actually not from the creative world at all. It's from miles away from the creative world, but it was developed by a woman called Barbara Minto. Now, Barbara Minto was the first ever female business consultant at McKinsey. She created the pyramid principle to help the men she worked with better structure their reports and pitches. And the part of this principle that will be helpful to all creatives is that your pitch must have a story. And this story must be supported by facts or data. But here's the big challenge for all of us. As I said at the beginning, instead of building up to our finale, we start with the finale. If we go back to the last five years, as I said, Kathy told us the big news at the top of the show. Her and Jamie have split. But then the writer, Jason Robert Brown, supports this declaration by telling us the facts and story of the relationship. Let's get back to the pitch. We open our pitch with the most important details first. This is because busy decision makers want to hear your solution to their question right away. We then provide details that back up this first page, if you like. They back up the recommendation. Sometimes these are referred to as supporting arguments. And I would look for a maximum of three supporting arguments because we should then ideally be looking for three pieces of data that will prove or bolster every supporting argument. Sounds complex, but actually it's very simple. And why is it so effective? Well, it's effective because decision makers are also usually time-pressed. So we give them the big concept right away. They will naturally have questions which you'll be providing the answers to as your pitch progresses because because you've already thought about your audience and their needs. You've considered your pitch's message and you're a kick-ass creative. Here's an example. I carried out an audit of the live music product for a leading cruise line and then had to prepare a pitch with my plan on how to improve it. So on the first page, I outlined the current situation the challenge, and my solution. So current situation, 74% of guests love live music. There's no defined creative or quality principles, so we will develop a strategy with measurable results. I know it sounds really corporate, but essentially the big story was encapsulated right away. And why was this effective? Firstly, as we said, if anyone only had time to read the first page, they would have understood what it was all about, which was We've identified a challenge. We have a plan to improve the live music product. This will massively enhance the guest experience and help the business. Great, says our decision maker. Thank you for not only identifying the challenge, but assuring me you have a solution that will improve what we do. After that, there was all the detailed information on benchmarking, creative strategy, finances, and the development timetable. All of that was later in the document, but it all supported the first page. 
Now, this was a major corporate pitch, but you can apply the same principles to what you're doing by remembering the three easy steps. Number one, what is your pitch about? Number two, identify your audience. Number three, start with the big message first. I hope you're enjoying this edition of Confidently Creative. I would love you to subscribe and join our creative community. And please do get in touch to share any feedback you may have or just let me know if you need any specific support. My objective is to help you become more confidently creative. Now let's get back to the show. When I talk about this with clients, there are usually a few questions, so I want to quickly cover those most frequently asked questions for you. The first one is around what we call hygiene. Now, this doesn't mean having a shower, although you should do that regularly. This is about avoiding using something standard as a selling point. For example, if a hotel said, you should stay here because we have clean sheets, you would probably think they didn't have clean sheets because you would take that as normal. This is a hygiene factor. This is using something standard as a selling point should be avoided. I can remember I've literally been told by agents that all their acts are professional and will work hard. Well, this for me was a minimum expectation and not a selling point, just like clean sheets. So avoid using something standard as a selling point. Next question, and this is a tough one. How much information should we put into a pitch? Well, we're always scared, aren't we, that if we don't put enough information in, then we might appear lightweight. But too much information is overpowering. So we need to remember step two. Who is our audience? What do they need to hear? Then we can craft our information and make sure that we're putting the right stuff for them into the pitch. And now there's a delicate issue. Now, I love creativity. I never, ever want to stifle people's creativity, but sometimes we need to direct it. And as creatives, we like our pitches to be creative. They need to reflect us. They need to be colourful. Sometimes they're animated masterpieces. Now, while this style of presentation can sometimes have its place, you need to consider the following. If you send a pitch to a company, they'll likely print it, and that printout will be in black and white. So keep your colour simple. Information in the form of text can be much more important than colours, font or design. So make sure that you're not downgrading your information just to fit into your design. And lastly, but most importantly, we want as many people as possible to be able to read and respond to our pitch. By using creative fonts, designs, colours, you can make the document almost impossible to read for people who may be dyslexic, people with vision impairment and many neurodivergent people. So once again, keep the layout and style simple. All of these tips have really helped me and my clients and I hope they will help you too. But before we finish, here's a recap of your top three tips for a perfect pitch. What is your pitch about? Identify your audience. Start with the big message first. Thank you for listening to Confidently Creative with me, Jason Ward. I would love you to subscribe and please don't forget to send me your feedback and let me know if you would like personalized support with your creative business. 
You can follow me on Instagram at Jason Wall Creative, where you'll find tips and creative inspiration. Once again, thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time on Confidently Creative.